to Jay Jake Jackets. Gear up to fire the cannon and hit the ice with your host, Jay Ashdown and Jake Gehringer. This is about to be a fun ass show. Yeah, we got the the breaking news. We got stuff that broke over the course of the day, over the last hour, um, which I honestly don't want to get to the breaking stuff first. Why not? It's breaking. Because I want to get to the big stuff first. What's the big stuff? Is big this stuff. Is breaking stuff the big stuff? The big stuff is Beijing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. So, I'm excited about that. The NHL is going to the Olympics, and it's honestly, like we talked about uh, Tuesday, we needed this. It's been a long time. I mean, last time we saw him there was, what, 2014? Yeah, it was uh, TJ Sochi was the last yeah. time. Um, and it's going to be really cool. I'm interested to see how, like, if they do no fans. Right. But it's going to happen in 2022. So like, I mean, it should be fine. Maybe minimal. Yeah. Like some sort of limited, limited capacity. Right. And then the other thing, too, is I just found this out. Apparently, it was a big sticking point in the last CBA from Mm. the players that they basically wouldn't agree to anything the league said unless they figured out a way to go and they would have just shut the whole plan down. Right. I was trying to think, like, I just had to look it up when it, it, that was so long ago that those 2014 Olympics, when TJ Oshie became a hero, he was still a blue at that point. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Holy crap. So when did he go to Washington? Like he went, so it was the 2015, 16 season. 15, 16. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so long ago. There's so much that happened. It's crazy because, like, he played a long time in St. Louis. Like, a long time in St. Louis. And it feels like he wasn't even a blue at this point. Like, like, it's been so long since he was there that, like, I forget that sometimes he played for them. Well, because he was in Sid's draft year. Do you remember that? Yeah, that incredible draft. Like, oh, my gosh. It was like him and Sid and Bobby Ryan. And there were so many misses in that first round. But at the same time, like if you really look off the board, like we talked about last week with. Uh, I mean, Carey Price went fifth. Kopitar Carey... went 11th. Oh, wait, shoot. I have something. Rask that, uh... went 21st. <laughs> I have a tweet that uh, 
is going to make you upset. James Neal went 33rd. Stasny went 44th. Okay. Chris Letang went 62nd. This is a good this is a good draft. Yeah, Jonathan really Quay. good draft for the Penguins, honestly. Ben Bishop. This is a good goalie draft. They've had in this draft we have Ben Bishop, Jonathan Quick, mm-hmm. Carey Price. Like, damn, those are all in the first three rounds. Comment on a hockey guy video about that draft from Lou Fang. Fun fact. If the Canadians had done what Pierre Maguire demanded and taken Brule, Kopitar would have been taken at six by Columbus. Their scouts had Kopi down, but McLean said that when Brule fell to them, he couldn't pass up. What disgruntled scouts leaked to the media, however, was that McLean didn't trust his staff and pulled rank, that it was a repeat of taking Zherdev over Vanek. So basically, if it weren't for Doug McLean, we would have a, at the time, we would have had a top line of Rick Nash, Andrzej Kopitar, and Thomas Vanek. And then there's no Jeff Carter trade. Man. But then again, that changes the course of everything because, like, the seasons change and whatnot. Your picks change. Like, that change. Like, there's such a domino effect from that. You don't know what happens. But definitely would have been fun to have a top line of Nash. Kopitar and Vanek. That would have been so much fun, especially that, like that at, simple decision at that point in time, too. Sorry, I um, yeah, I think I chopped my finger a little bit today, right? At work, that small change in history, the Kings don't win two Stanley Cups. Yeah, that's wild. It's crazy, like like what one small decision it feels like, like just one decision gets trade just changed an entire draft and everything changes. Yeah, because like they, you wonder if they would still come away with quick. You would wonder. I mean, maybe they do, but maybe their next picks change. Like, oh, we didn't get Kopitar, the guy we wanted at eleven, so we take a different center, and that guy doesn't work out and. You know, it's crazy. Like things change all the time. So we're completely off on a tangent already. Because <laughs> as it's just, I just, we, it's just interesting. That's, this is just how draft, we man. work as yeah. our like. This is just how our brains work. Is we get off on certain other tangents when we're trying to talk about one specific topic. Right. That's just how we are as fans and how we are as friends. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're going to the we're going to Beijing, and I'm so excited! I can't wait to figure out like if the games are going to be at like 5 a.m. Isn't didn't they announce that John Hines was going to be the coach of Team USA? He's going to be an assistant. Okay, I was going to say if he was the head coach, then prepare to be. No, fit. no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, I don't remember who the head coach is. Oh no, it's Mike Sullivan. Because of course it is. Okay, I feel a Heinz. little bit more comfortable with that. But <laughs> Heinz Heinz is an assistant. So we'll finish uh, fourth. Ryan Miller's an assistant. Oh, I like that. I love it. Big like, fan of Ryan Miller. I'm a huge fan of Ryan Miller, and I mean, people know this from when we talked about when he retired. Did he retire? 
when the show was on. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was like right after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited and I really want to see like this is for our Canadian friends like Kevin. Like, dude, imagine a triple M line of McKinnon, McDavid, Mitch Marner. <laughs> oh boy. Well, it's a good thing that uh, Team USA has stellar defensemen to go up against that, like Seth Jones. Oh, God. <laughs> I really want to see, like, watch. Canada is going to be so stacked that their third line is going to be, like, Marshand, Crosby, Stamkos. <laughs> They're just so stacked. Like, some of the lines they're going to put out are going to be comical. Their fourth line is going to be a joke. Their fourth line is going to be literally, like, what we wish our first line could be. Yeah. And I will say, like, for teams that, like, had to play in the little qualifier, I'm not going to sleep on any of them, honestly, except for maybe China. Yeah. China's literally... Denmark was fun to watch in that. Yeah, Ollie with a hat trick. Yeah, because, I mean, like, obviously, like, they're not, like, loaded with NHL talent, but they still have Nick Ehlers, and they've got Oliver Gorshin. Like, like, they've got some talent there. It's just oh, not a yeah. complete roster in terms of NHL talent. I read that Nick Ehlers in the three qualifying games, he had three points each. <laughs> like, in each of the games? He had a total of nine points. Jesus. Guy's a beast. He's so good. He's so good. I really... He's one of the most underrated stars in our game right now. Especially, like, with stuff that he does on the ice to help opponents. Like, remember what he did to help protect uh, Jake? Oh, yeah. Jake Evans yeah. after he went down? Yeah. Certified good guy. Certified elite player. Not talked about enough. We do need to talk about guys like guys in the vein of Nikolai <laughs> Ehlers need to talk about mm-hmm. enough. There's just that one like weird one C tier that really needs more talking. You know what, what do you I mean? mean? One C? Well, because I feel like okay, you have your guys like McDavid and Crosby and Ovechkin. Those are one A guys, right? Yeah. And then you have guys that are in that top tier conversation, but don't necessarily get like, they get kind of shrugged off like McKinnon and dry and Mitch. I think Austin would be more along that one, a group. Marshan's probably in that one B group. Right. And then you have guys like Nick Ehlers and Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor that really get like super slept on. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could really. You said one C, and I was like, I don't, I don't think he's a center. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like last time I checked, he's always been a winger. Yeah, he's he's usually yeah. Um, yeah, but like everybody talks like about the Jets, and it's like you know the first two names that like everybody seems to bring up, like, and I get it, like they bring up Shifley, and Wheeler. obviously, and Wheeler, and then, but like and then maybe... I, you can make the argument that like Kyle Connor. And Nick are you just are talking about skaters? Yeah, skaters, not like yeah. Because like if if you're talking about general players, it would be Scheif, Wheeler, Hellebuck, then Connor, 
and then Ehlers, I would say. Yeah, yeah, hell of a. I'm just yeah, I'm just specifically talking about skaters, like in terms of like mm-hmm. really forwards. Yeah. Like their forward group, everybody talks about Shifley and Wheeler for under- and it's understandable for good Oh reasons, yeah. Like, <laughs> and Connor. I mean, good lord, Kyle Connor and uh, Nick Ehlers are like completely underrated because of it. Austin, you could have had that Connor kid. Well, also, hey, it look, man, it happens. I mean, at least they didn't pass up on Matt Barzell and Tom Shabatu. Oops. <laughs> I said at Wait. least they didn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> Better hope Zach Senishin works out. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, you want to talk college for a sec? Sure. So the newest NHL franchise held a big, big fundraiser because an oppo- a former opponent of mine in Alaska Anchorage was having a mm-hmm. lot of funding troubles. Yeah. And the same's going out for Robert Morris too. More Robert Mor- yeah, I've I've been on that a little bit too because they're in Canisius's conference. It sucks. I mean, that's a good program there. We played them for Morris. Bowling Green. Played them for our fiftieth anniversary yeah. of the Ice Arena when mm-hmm. Doc came back to broadcast. Yeah, I remember that. And um, like, it sucks because like the Pittsburgh area, like they really seem to like galvanize around the. The Robert Morris team, like a lot, it, it gets a pretty important college and program. And to both Alaska the teams area. are really important, both Absolutely. Anchorage and Fairbanks. Yeah. Like you don't see, obviously, you don't see a lot of talent go through there too but often. Matter. Like you got a lot of kids, like these kids play college hockey with the, the dreams of just continuing to play, maybe play pro, like whether it be like AHL, ECHL, or overseas. Like these kids right. just want to play hockey. And it sucks that some of these colleges are struggling to fund their programs mm-hmm. because college hockey is awesome. And it's the best. Like, it is. honestly, it's amazing. like going, it's weird because, like, everybody talks about the spectacle of going to an NHL game, and there's plenty of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their thing. Like, the Blackhawks have you know, Chelsea dagger Columbus has the cannon. Um, every team has their little thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, like they in don't have it anymore, but for a while, the penguins had the fact that they played in a freaking igloo, oh. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's cool as hell. Like, you yeah. know, and even like for other sports too, like, um, they're kind of stealing our thunder a little bit, but uh, Tampa Bay's got that big pirate ship with the cannon. Oh too. yeah. At the buck stadium. The Bucks, yeah, like there's a lot of like draws and you know spectacles that teams have. Yeah, but I honestly like the the homely feel of a college ice yeah. arena better because, like, you look at it and it's just there's not much to it mm-hmm. because you know it's also for like public stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can still get like really cool college ranks that have like their own kind of character to it as well. I mean, you know, me with my people with the bleacher creatures. Yeah. Because student sections make or break those arenas. They do. Like RIT in our conference has probably the best student section. Their arena is super nice. But Canisius, 
they played downtown at Harbor Center, which is pretty nice. It's also where the Sabres do like their training camp and stuff like that. It's it's nice. It's a nice place. Like, but there's nothing better in college hockey, in my opinion, than some of like the old barns, like Union's Rink. That thing is old as hell. It's like it, you know how like people say, "Oh, the barn's rocking." That thing, I it feels like it's actually played in a barn, right? But it's like it's like it's such a cool like throwback like. Like you could have, it. you could have the Brian Burke Kevin Lowe barn fight in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay money to see it. The barn fight that never went down. God, we were robbed. Did you watch that Hey Berkey episode? Because it's so good. Like, both of them? Yeah. Yeah. That whole series is so much fun. The way it's I love Brian Burke. Burke is just an awesome guy to listen to. Burke is great. Merrick's fun. Yeah. Like, a lot of those Sportsnet guys are just, they do such good work. And I can't wait to hear what Elliot um, Elliot and Merrick have to say about uh the Montreal stuff here in a minute whenever they put that episode out but we I'm still teasing that because we ain't done I put this kind of low on the list fair like mid-show list okay um but yes from a rival like alum I'm so glad that Seawolves hockey is back (laughs) Yeah, well, because like we like, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're a rival or not. Like we want to see these teams because like, if you lose a rival, then like that's you lose like that fun matchup that you get all the time. I mean, you we're know? we're former rivals now that the CCHA is back, right? But still, it's like I'm, I'll probably still end up following a lot of the WCHA teams that are mm-hmm. like still there, because a lot of us that were around when I was in school in that conference moved to the newly formed CCHA. Yes. Yeah. It was us and Ferris and Lake Superior, Michigan did Tech. Mi- did Minnesota State go too? I can't remember. They may have. I feel um, like Mankato did. I do love games against Tech. Oh. Yeah. Games against Tech are so crazy because you look and you have – plenty of tech fans there too and it looks like you're playing against boston and it's just like what the hell are you doing here right it feels like a bigger game than it is hey man you get a good college like hockey rivalry game that like both sides like like i was talking about this with like one of my friends Mm -hmm. now this was like a tournament game but like this past tournament when you had two like bitter rivals in minnesota duluth and north dakota going at it and it's in north yeah, dakota but that, that game went like what like five overtimes and that went it, about as long as that first bubble columbus tampa game i think yeah like it was, it was crazy it was like <laughs> stupid long like these poor kids are getting exhausted the, it went the like goal three finally goes in it, it was definitely it was more than three i know that for a fact um, but Minnesota Duluth finally scores and win the game. It's like the crowd going nuts. Like you see both <laughs> sides of it. it. It's like so much fun to watch. Like, oh yeah. It's amazing. Oh, 
Is that around here? <laughs> yeah. I keep my like window open because it's like stuffy a million degrees in here but like I need to close it now because I live on a college campus right (laughs) and we're recording a podcast yeah exactly (laughs) um the summer of Lou has finally burst open oh my god yeah this dude (laughs) This guy waiting and waiting and waiting. And it we went, by the finally... Way, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. It went five overtimes. I was right. Go ahead. Oh, the uh, the Duluth yeah. game? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Lou has finally announced four signings. And then there's another follow-up story to this that we'll get to as soon as we get through this term. Uh, I well, don't speaking have... of term... Let's talk about Casey Sezikis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the four contracts were Casey Sezikis, six years. I can't remember his money. Off the 2.5. Top 2.5. I mean, yeah. good for him, especially with the role he plays. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a really, really good bottom six center, wins yeah. face-offs. Perfect fourth line guy. Unbel- he's unbelievable defensively. He's as efficient as it gets def- defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, any team would want a guy like that around. So I totally get extending him. And, and you do get a discount by signing him to the contract that you mm-hmm. sign him to, like in terms of the actual term. Yeah. It might bite you in the ass down the line, but. Right now. God, like even then, like six years from now, the cap is going to eventually start to go up. Like it might not be too bad in six years, but. We're going to have to see. Yeah. Um, I would say here in the next two or three, we're going to start to see small rises in the cap. Mm-hmm. Like once we actually start returning normal, normal. Right. Or at least as normal as we can get. Um, right. But Casey is a great signing, especially for what he brings to that team as their fourth line center. Like, him what's their identity line it's like him and it's him clutterbuck and martin is it clutterbuck or is it i know um him and komarov might switch that center spot now that i think about it yeah it might be they might like swap i know i know martin's on that line yeah absolutely (laughs) like yeah Every time I think of the name, the identity line, I think of Matt Martin. That's the thing. Like, I love how the Islanders are built, man, because, like, you have, you know, you have, like, your throwback kind of guys that obviously Lou would love. You know, a guy yeah. that's been around the league for so long. You're great guys. You got Matt Martin. You got Cal Clutterbuck. You got Leo right. Kamarov. You've got your really, your analytical darlings. You know, you got Adam Pellick. You got Ryan Pollock. You got Casey Zizekas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got like some really good guys up front, like offensively, like Barzell's your your star. You, you had know, but, Jordan Everly. Yeah, but like even then, like you still got other really solid players. You got Anders Lee, um, Anthony Bovillier. Anthony Bovillier, who I really like, and we'll get to his in a in a second. I love Bovillier. Like, yeah, like I, I like how they're they're constructed as a team. They're yeah. And, I and mean, like even in net, man. Like I mean, we got yeah, Balamov uh, and Sorokin. 
with his new deal. Yeah. Um, so do we want to hit Ilya next? Yeah, let's just do it since we're on him. He got like three years. What was it, like 4.1 million? Ilya Sorokin has 4 million a year, mm-hmm. three years. Okay. So I like that deal. I mean, you're not overpaying. For... What I like about this deal is this guy's only spent like one year with your team. Mm-hmm. You saw some really good out of him. He was lights out. Let's see. I like it because rather than sending him to a one or two, you're, you're giving him a little bit money, more money up front, mm-hmm. but you're getting that extra year. So rather than doing your typical bridge deal, which would be a two-year deal, they're getting that, that extra year out of it. And they're still not paying him a very high amount. $4 million is incredibly reasonable for him. Plus he understands that the system there is a tandem through and through. Yeah. Like it's a full even split in net. 100%. And it's never a bit, you know, like Semyon Varlamov is one of the more underrated goalies, I would say, in the NHL the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Because you don't talk about him much, but when you he's do, not, he's it's... not considered an elite goalie. And I wouldn't say that he is, but not he's been. He's been, I don't know if he's ever really been elite, but he's been like pretty good his entire career. Yeah. And pretty reliable his entire career. That's all you can really ask for minimum out of your goalie is just be reliable and stop pucks. Like, yeah. Something that few guys that we've talked about in the past haven't really done. So let's get to, let's Um, get to AB. Oh yeah, uh, Bavillier. Yeah, this guy is big 24. fan of that deal. This guy is our age. He's twenty four years old. Three years. He's your age. He's not my age. You're what? Two years younger than me. I'm twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm still young. <laughs> I'm still young. Four point one five cap hit. Yeah. So he got basically just over what Sorokin's making. I like this deal a lot too. And it's, again, it's a similar thing that I think rather than giving the typical two-year bridge deal, you give them the extra year with mm-hmm. a little bit more money up front. I, Cause like, I, like I hear this contract and I'm like, okay, you get him three years. He should still be an RFA at the end of this. Right. Or at least he'll have arbitration rights. He will be. Uh, Cause it'll be 26. Right. Let me look at the contract details. uh expiry status unrestricted oh really yeah okay then that makes this a little bit more interesting then because i thought he was going to be an rfa with arbitration rights at the end of it that actually makes this a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. because i who knows maybe, maybe after two years they can come to like another extension with him and keep him long term well it's but, all the same money through and through right i don't know man i don't know I like this deal a little bit less now that I know that he's a UFA at the end of it. I mean, he's okay. So if we think about the Islanders top six, right. Mm -hmm. It's probably somewhere along the lines of Honorsley with Barzell at center. And then on the right, like Josh Bailey on your top line. Yeah. 
yeah. and then Bavillier on the left. I can't remember a lot of their guys. Maybe. Yeah, because you, you might. Here's the thing: like that, he's he's played really well with Barzell. So you might put him on a line with Barzell. You yeah, you can Bailey as your second center. You could. Um, and then, they have options. There's a lot of like they have a lot of flexibility within their top six. All that matters is their top six forwards are Lee, Barzell, Bailey, Bovillier, and Paul Mary. Paul Mary, who they just also extended. We'll get to head in a second. <laughs> we keep like saying these guys ahead of time. Yeah. And um their surprise that's no longer really a surprise. I don't know if he's going to make the top six or not. Right. But, uh, okay. Villiers. Let's, let's talk Palmer. Cause he's like right at the top of this list of the Isles signings. All right. That so just happened. again, another blue guy, another he's, analytical darling. He's 30. Like Sezikis. 30, though. Five years. Was four. it five years? Four it's years, four. five million. Four. Okay. So I had the I had those back. Um taking him to the end of like what would be his like age 34 season, it's actually not too bad. I thought no. the term could have been a lot worse. Like, like a lot of people were were freaking out about the fact that he was given five million. Um, like, oh my god, five million right now. Like, ooh. but I'm just I'm like, man, like you shave off some of that term and you shave your beard again all the time i I like the fact that it's only a four-year deal you can live with the five million dollars so long as it's not like an absurdly long deal Mm -hmm. because i think that they're like kind of betting that like at least with the play style that sezikis is going to be able to hold up for about four to five years the last year might not be great, but like he should be fine for the next four to five years. Because he's always been your fourth line guy. And yeah, then so Palmieri... he's not playing as much as many minutes. He's not like an absurdly physical player. He's more your defensive uh, kind of anchor on your fourth line. Right. But this is Kyle Palmieri we're trying to talk about. <laughs> I know that's why I'm just that's why I'm saying like I I like the fact that they gave a longer term deal to Sezikis. I understand why they did that, but with, as mm-hmm. far as Palmieri is concerned, I I'm glad that they decided okay, well we're fine with getting a little bit more money up front so long as we shave off some of the term. Yeah, um as long as he can keep up that production from like later New Jersey. Right. To when he first got he was there. good in the playoffs he was great in the playoffs so like except for when he another guy who's really good in the playoffs for the islanders except for when he does things like elbows charlie mcavoy right in the head well i mean did he get suspended no so apparently elbowing people in the head is hey, legal. it's okay apparently you know it's okay as a matter of fact we recommend it <laughs> Unless, of course, you get caught. Then we don't recommend it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. God, we need to have, like, a section of a podcast later where we just bitch about officiating. Like some other twice. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, I'm trying to look back at the list now. Palmieri, Bavillier, Sezikis, Sorokin. 
tidy, tidy work by Lou it's, Lamarello. It's just, it's a Lou Lamarello classic, man. This guy does not <laughs> age as a GM. It's he's weird. still got it. It's so weird because like you would think you can look back at some of his moves and say, oh, this is weird. This is, you know, like age catching up to Lou Lamarello. And then you finally look at it later. And you're like, oh, yeah. you still got it. Yeah, like, like a lot of these moves, like I'm getting at a point with Lou Lamorello where I'm like, you know what? I don't care how old he is. Whatever move he makes, mm-hmm. I'm just going to trust it. Like when Ken Holland does something, I'm like, oh my God, someone take this guy's phone away. This guy's right. getting old. Call him to the nursing <laughs> home. Like like this, this man, he's got to retire. <laughs> like, right. There's some GMs who are like that. Like David Poyle's starting to get there. He's not there yet because he still does pull off some really good moves, but he does have some of those like, what the hell are you doing, man, kind of moves. Again, we talked about him the last episode where it's like, you know, he's been there the whole time in yeah. Nashville. So it's like Doug Wilson is starting to get there too, along with Ken Holland. Like some GMs Ooh, just kind of get into yeah. that phrase. Lou Lamorello has not hit that yet. And he's, he's like what well into his eighties? He's seventy-eight. Oh, he's 78? Yeah. Okay, so he's a little younger than I thought, but still, I mean, 78 is not exactly... Spring uh, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun, though, because, like, he is actually... he His his decisions and him, honestly, are, like, aging like wine. Oh, we got breaking news. Oh, what's breaking? Uh, so let's just get into this right now. It's Montreal Canadiens. So... Um, they let Jesperi Kakanyemi go to the Carolina Hurricanes. They did not match. They got a first and a third out of it. They just traded a 2022nd first round pick and a 2024th second round pick for Christian Dvorak. So they did go after Dvorak. Yeah, that's official. So let me put that in my notes. You can text me those details later. Okay. I mean, actually, I don't need to put them in the description. Never mind. I mean, I like this. I think that this is an upgrade from Jackie Nimby, to be honest. I mean, this we is talked about this Tuesday. points in 56 games. I like this a lot. He's got four more years at $4.5 million cap hit. That's a good cap hit for him, too. Now, did they Canadians, just use, did they use they, both of the picks that they just got? Now that? I'm not I'm not totally sure yet. If I find out, I'll let you know. Let's see. Because what did you say it was? It was a first and 2022nd first, 2024th second. Okay, so they didn't use the third. Yes, they didn't use the third, but I don't know if the first that they used was was see. the one from this offer sheet. Okay. Um I like this for Carolina. I like this for Yesperi. Yeah. Because he finally gets a chance. Right? Mm-hmm. He gets like a better chance to show off what he can do as a third overall pick. Like, like we said, like that top three was Rasmus Delene, Andrei Svechnikov, and Yesperi. So that's a lot of hype. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Cap friendly. Thank God for cap friendly. So Canadians get Christian <laughs> Dvorak. Arizona gets a 2022nd 
conditional first round pick. The condition is they're getting whichever one of the Montreal or Carolina pick is better. I see. So if that's a good trade for the, the Coyotes because you know you're getting a good pick out of that. Whatever Either pick is way, the better pick yeah. is you're getting a good pick. And you're also going to get a probably – you're going to get a second-round pick. That's that's pretty good. That's a good haul for Christian Dvorak. And I like this trade for the Canadians too because they're upgrading for Kakanyemi. The team that really loses here is Carolina. Good Lord. $6.1 million for Kakanyemi and a first and third. That's Okay. Money-wise, sure. Player-wise, I'm not so sure because he really does need to show that he's worth that. And again, he's three years out of his draft year, which Mm -hmm. isn't close, but it isn't too far either where Mm -hmm. he's got time to show it. He does. And it's just, it's what we talked about last podcast. Like, like, could this kid come out, you know, rejuvenated, you know, playing with guys like the the Canadians decided not to to match that offer he's pissed off but you know he's got the money he's happy being carolina new coach new system everything could he come out and be the player that was drafted third overall and is worth 6.1 million dollars sure that could happen like i'm not ruling that out but have i seen anything from yes barry that makes me think that he is going to do that no can you just imagine this for a second Second overall pick in 2018 on the left of the third overall pick in 2018. And then Marty Nietzsche's on the right. That would be a very, very fun line. I think that's, they should do that. Like you're paying a lot of money to this kid and you're paying a first and a third. Put this kid in situations to be successful. Put him with Svechnikov. And I mean. Let him do that. Like Carolina's run in a way where he I believe that they will do that. They'll allow him to succeed. They should, because the, the one good thing for Kakaniemi here, mm-hmm. outside of making $6.1 million, um, <laughs> is right. the fact that he is Please? going to a team that does have, have more that? offensive talent. So Svechnikov is better than any forward that on the Canadians. Like, there's not a better forward on the Canadians than Andre Svechnikov is on the Hurricanes. Marty Nietzsche's is very good as well. And the other thing is the Canadians uh, very much for the last several years, ever since Kakanami has gone there, have been Mm -hmm. a defense-first style kind of hockey team. Whereas in Carolina with Rod Brindamore, they're more up-tempo. They're They're very much offensively minded, which definitely could help them out too. So, I mean, it's not to say that he, he can't succeed there and this can't, end up being good for Carolina but as of right now the optics of everything a lot of things have to go right for Carolina to end up you know not the loser here did you see there was a tweet that they just put out like right before we started that was like who wants 20 bucks and they were giving away a gift card for 20 bucks that's pretty funny (laughs) the pettiness isn't over Which I I love when I love when accounts like that like Carolina's is my favorite. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that now. Like yeah. sorry to Jeff or whoever runs Columbus's Twitter, but 
come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Carolina's got one of the best social media teams. I, I think we can agree league. who's the worst. Who's that? Vegas. <laughs> Same close. I do like my favorite part about that is when they show personality, right? And they just like Vegas is a little cringe. Vegas is like, oh, let's do everything cringe. Yeah. Vegas is pretty cringe, but at least they show that personality like Carolina does. And Seattle's starting to do that with their social as well. And it's fun. You know, it makes it makes the cesspool of Twitter a lot more fun than it should be. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I'm praying that JK gets, you know, the season that he deserves with that contract and that he can show what he can do. Carolina is hoping too. <laughs> yeah. But again, like we said, um, I want Spetch, Kakanyemi, Nietzsche. Like, give it to us, I please. I think it'd be fun. I, and it's a lot of speed and a lot of skill on a line. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I want to go back to the island for a minute. Sure. Because this was tweeted out by Michael Russo recently, who's, you know, general athletic hockey writer, but mainly focuses on the Minnesota Wild. Um, Very, very good. I like him a lot. He's a great writer. Uh, Parise to Isles is all but confirmed and released by social media. Yeah, I, I figured as much. I mean, it's been the worst kept secret in hockey seemingly for the last, you know, couple of months ever mm-hmm. since, really ever since he got bought out of his contract by the Minnesota Wild that uh, this guy was going to go back to his, his boy Lou. Right. And it makes sense. And it's a solid addition to their bottom six, I think. That gives him a good third-line winger. Yeah, I would definitely say he's he's a third-line guy at this point in his career. He's not um, a guy that's going – you know, obviously, he's not the Zach Parise that he used to be. But is this, a, this is a guy that could still give you, like, 10 goals, 30 points in a season. He will still score, yeah. Yeah, he, no, he still gives you – he still produces, just not at a seven-point – whatever was i think it was like what 7.8 million dollar cap it right yeah that's brutal 96 million dollars for 13 years dude independence day 2012 literally killed the wild it did after getting it was like because everybody was vying for one or the other and they got both. And that team, yeah, both of them. The problem is like the fact that it was back when you could give out those ridiculous contracts. The back diving deals left and right. The back diving deals. Like we saw so many of them that just ended up being horrible for some of these teams. How many because times have we talked about Shea Weber's offer sheet? Like- Shea Weber's offer sheet's brutal. Um, I mean, come on. I, I mean, God, what was it like 2014? Roberto Luanga literally came out and said, My contract sucks. Like, yeah. Like, there are so many of those deals that were just horrible. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder like, like where would the Minnesota Wild be today if that, if the rule of max of seven years can be offered in free agency? 
Because if they still get both of them, but they're only seven-year deals, then those contracts would have already been off the books. And they would have looked fine. Yeah. Like they They still, yeah. But then comes the question of, you know, in 2019, who do you go out and replace them with, right? Right. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe they bring them back, but you bring them back on short-term deals. Maybe bring them back on like three-year deals. Right. Worth a lot less money than what they were making before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the past maybe, is... maybe not Suter because Suter was still good. He's still good now, but yeah, Suter still produces just below the level that he did. Yeah. Just wasn't worth the money. It was more. It was more for the term than anything for these guys. When at least when Ryan Suter's not passing tape to tape to Christian Fisher. Yeah. I got that one play. I, just from watching, dang it. That, yeah, that like, one was just, one of the most brutal ones I've ever seen. Right on the tape, just like perfect. Let me tell you, man. I'm surprised you didn't one-time it. It was such a good pass. <laughs> well, it was like the one where... Um, where Tanner Pearson called Connor White's name in the empty yeah. area. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's like, it's a good thing he didn't screw that one up because I was thinking about this. I know we're talking about hockey, but it's like, I was thinking about this earlier sometimes, like watching football, like you see it. Like, I've listened to like interviews, like safeties. Sometimes mm-hmm. there are quarterback throws that are so bad that the safeties drop it just because oh, they're yeah. stunned that the ball headed in their direction. <laughs> they're like wait a like minute the ball's wait. coming to them and they're just like what the hell <laughs> i like i feel like if that if i had a pass in a game that bad like come right to me i'd just completely miss it i'm surprised people don't get blasted in the face shield with Aaron passes like that more often yeah <laughs> like i remember i was playing just football in my front yard and we were just passing it it was my buddy michael and i um i wasn't i wasn't completely paying attention and he accidentally throws like arcs it down Mm. and hits me right where my gut meets my legs and i was down (laughs) i believe you it was rough it was like it was exactly where krejci cross-checked barzell (laughs) Yeah, no, I was able to, I was able to sniff that out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rough area. It's, yeah, it's really tough right there. Um, and I mean, we shouted out Steve already this episode, so I'm just going to say, hey, I'm a part of their Discord and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. Like, because they have literally, they have channels for every team in each league. So you have plenty to talk about. And then there's right. like life advice. There's all of this stuff. There's so much to talk about in there. And it's always popping off. I joined it like right as it went live. And it's just, it's a blast in there. Well, we love to see. Um, so yeah, Parise. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Like, where do they put him? Do they, like... Trying to think. Because the identity line is Martin, 
Komarov or Sezikis and Clutterbuck, right? I mean, if I were there, I put my fourth line would be Martin, Komarov, and Clutterbuck, and then third line I would put uh, Sezikis with Parise. I put Parise with Sezikis, and whoever you want for your right wing option. Right. Makes it a little tough on the right wing because I don't know what they necessarily want to do. Is that losing losing Everly was tough for them? Yeah, um, they it's might. It's not like, easy production to replace. Not at all. Um, at least production wise, no. But like, if you want to fill that third line role, mm-hmm. you probably have some. Maybe have a kid come out of camp or something. You could. They they could make a trade too. Or trade, yeah. Uh, shout out to the women in Canada, U.S. Like, yeah, and, and Canada, Russia. Oh my God, that Canada, Russia round robin game was right. insanity. And then like the qualifier with the U.S. and Canada was wild. And then the gold game, because of course it's going to be the gold game. Right, it was unbelievable. That shot was just <sighs> incredible. Marie tell you, man, like, land, like I don't is... I don't think I need to necessarily have to repeat it a million times but I'm just gonna say it once for everybody out there support women's hockey it's unbelievable they're mm-hmm. so much fun to watch I mean right here in Buffalo they got the Buffalo Buttes they're fun to watch because they also yeah. play at Harbor Center where Canisius plays you know, I should it's... mention that uh I mean obviously so many people are already in that discord and not a lot of people follow this podcast but they do have an NWHL category, which is great. Yeah, of course. Uh, Marie-Philippe Plan, and did you see, I can't remember who exactly it was off the top of my head, but like in the celebration, she like broke her leg. No. And then came right back out to <laughs> continue celebrating. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think it was, no. Yeah, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, and I'm sorry for that, but that was awesome. And I want to see more like that. Yeah. Not necessarily people breaking their legs, but just... Just good women's hockey. Yeah. There's a lot of it, man. Debian. Yeah. Women's college hockey is a lot of fun to watch, too. Yeah. The girls know what they're doing. It's fun. Oh, yeah. What's, uh, I know this isn't exactly one of the phrases that Black Girl Hockey Club uses, but like that puts fight like a girl on a whole new level. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. You want to talk about our boys for a second? Cause we haven't even really talked about them much. What we're talk about them. One thing that I found uh, just scrolling Twitter, because the Athletic is doing their like pipeline series, like best prospect pools and stuff. Mm-hmm. Columbus came in at thirteenth. I like it. I mean, th- this draft helps out a lot with that, like a lot with that, because uh, I think a lot of people really like the Cole. A lot of people really like the Cole Cylinder pick. One of the best value picks in the draft, being able to get him where we got him. Carson Coleman's, I mean, I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. I love that kid. I think he's going to be really, really good. 
uh, on the back end, right-hand shot defenseman, two-way guy. I, mm-hmm. I love his game. And I'm excited to see him at Wisconsin this year. And I feel like he's probably going to be a two-year college guy, but um, definitely – I think I think there's a little bit of Jacob Bernard Docker in him. Ooh, a little bit. That's fun. I like him a lot. For so th- those are two picks, and then I didn't even talk about the guy who went fifth overall. Uh, Kent, yeah, yeah. Kent's Kent's gonna be a beast, and then like we still have guys like Fix Molansky and Josh Dunn, and guys that we already have like in the system. Yeah, and, and Tyler Angle too was uh Angle and Carson. Like we gushed about Carson a few episodes yeah, ago. Carson Meyer like him a lot. Like like there's a lot to like with this. And that's not even getting, you know, talking about the guys that we got, you know, developing over Russia. We got Yegor Chinnikov, we got uh Kirill Marchenko. Marchenko um, and and then Dmitry Vronkov. Vronkov, yeah. We're trying we're trying to get him over here. It's been a little bit of a struggle, but we should be able to get him uh i i think next year and he's i mean he's tearing it up he's he's really really good is chinnikov coming over this year he is he is he's probably oh, he's probably gonna be he's probably gonna be playing the majority of the season in cleveland, in cleveland but, but i still it's, it's i want to see good it. to have him here yeah i want to see it and i mean as far as like goalies are concerned we still got uh daniel tarasov uh yeah daniel's there really like um elvis is gonna be the long-term solution mm-hmm. i i mean we both have such high praise for elvis yeah and that's not to say we don't have high praise for Jonas corpusalo because corby like when you know when he came up as bob's backup we were like who is this guy and then he turned out to be way better than we thought right and then he got hurt in the chicago game and yeah i was at that controversy game. and that was a that, that was a fun game to go to how are we involved in so many of those weird officiating controversies like i get so sick and tired of them man that was that was like one of the most because it was just like total like arrogance with it like disregard for the clock just yeah putting time back on that was stupid Schwartz's meltdown was the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> it was it was unbelievable <laughs> slamming it was down on the table yeah. it was justified like i remember listening to that like on he the was way home, right being like yeah he's and then campbell right. throws out his word soup paper like <gasps> speaking of word soup um comeuppance for a recent thing uh back in the province de quebec that's total butchering of the accent and probably pronunciation and everything but um yeah i'm just gonna pretend that you didn't do that (laughs) yeah uh the london knights and the ohl have indefinitely suspended logan mayu good good yeah um he needs to work things out yeah at the very uh, that then that's that is just a, a criminal understatement you know what i mean like it's just it, it's there's a lot that's got to go into this yeah and, and i don't even know where you start with that i, don't, I just I, I can't help but feel for the victim because it's just 
because the, she the never gets mentioned this and it's she like, never Ooh. gets she never gets mentioned and this kid gets mentioned all the time like oh he did this and then he was drafted and oh he's been suspended and it's like all i can think about is who effing cares yeah that's how i felt with um mitchell miller and isaiah Meyer meyer yeah. brothers too like yeah why aren't we saying why, the why kid's do we why name? do we give a shit about mitchell miller why well we why, should like let, let's just stop saying his name yeah what we should care about is people that were affected like isaiah meyer yeah. Crothers and the woman involved in this case which i mean right. I still don't think they released her name, and I don't think they're going to. And that, and that's fine if she doesn't want it's her name. Totally released, just it shouldn't be released. Yeah, totally. I don't want her have. I don't want her to have to deal with that. We got a shit ton more contracts to get through. You ready? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say that Thomas Hurdle um, is uncertain about his future in San Jose. Like, I want to see him stay. But with all the stuff surrounding Evander? Yeah, I was wondering, is this a situation where he maybe wants to leave because he wants to win? Or is this a situation where he doesn't want to be there anymore because he's not sure what they're going to do with Evander Kane? Yeah, and I mean, maybe this turns out like a Claude Giroux situation where, I mean, similar in the fact that like Giroux knows he wants to try to stay, but he doesn't want to negotiate through the season. Mm Mm-hmm. Thomas Hurdle is different in that we don't know what he wants. Yeah. Maybe they work something out during the season. Maybe they don't. And they observe options, you know, throughout. He could be a trade ship. He could be this. He could be that. Uh, We don't know. Right. But, I mean, I love Hurdle power, man. I mean, dude, he's really good. Like, I mean, like eye test analytics, like he passes just, he checks every single box off. This guy is, I don't think he's a true number one center, but I think he's, in no. that, I think he's in that list of really, really, really good number two centers. Oh yeah. He's definitely like a good one B option. hundred percent. Um, but I mean, all the best. He's younger. Like he's so much younger than yeah. Then I, I was saying he's younger than Matt Duchesne. He's paid less than Matt Duchesne, but he's in that kind of tier of Matt Duchesne. You know what I mean? Right. Thomas Hurdle. He's twenty-seven. Yeah, but like he, he just turned twenty-seven, right? Uh, his birthday is November twelfth. Oh, so. Really. so he'll be 28 okay um and then he's got this year at 5.625 and then he's a ufa in 22 23 so he's got this year to figure it out right doug's got this year to figure it out yeah um i mean let's I see think at this point like if i'm the sharks like you'd love to keep this guy around but if you're rebuilding man it, it'd be best to trade him because you can get a lot for this oh game. you could yeah you know, um, fall and a half. I mean, my buddy Cody could tell you all about that. Like he wants, he wants full on rebuild mode at this they point. Should. They need to. Um, Colton Pareko signs a big deal. Um, yeah, it's a little concerning in terms of the term because he started off his career really, really good. Eight years, and... fifty-two total. Yeah. 
this guy has seen a dip in his production, both defensively and offensively the last couple of years. He's still solid. He's still a good second pairing defenseman. I'm just not sold that he is a first pairing defenseman. Right shot though, so that's where he gets the. That's where he, that's where he gets that extra million. Yeah, <laughs> and a half, that's where he gets probably. that that big praise. Yeah. Um, is being a right shot. I've heard and being big and being really big, being a big guy that knows how to put the puck in the net as a right shot D, and it's like a bit comparable because this is coming up, you know, for the next off season that I've heard is like. Uh, comparing what Morgan Riley could get. Um, I mean, if I'm Colton talking about get. like, if I'm talking for picking between these two guys, I'd much rather have Morgan Riley because Pareko's right. defensive numbers have definitely seen a dip the last two years. Well, so have and I. I know, but here's the difference. I know how good offensively Morgan Riley is, whereas right. even strength offense from Colton Pareko he's more of a defensive defenseman who's had a mm-hmm. like at tor- towards the beginning of his career, he had a very high shooting percentage clip. Like well, that's why he, he was, was shooting above his grade. That's why he was so good when, you know, Petro was there when they won the and cup. That's, yeah. That's the other thing. I agree with that. Petro was there. So he was locked into that second pair role and I thought he was outstanding in it. And now that Petro's not there, they've been kind of like he's the guy back and forth between and him like, and Justin Falk. And I'm not sure. I think both Justin Falk and Colton Pareko are very good second pair defensemen. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are first pair defensemen. And they got to rely on one of those two guys to fill that role. Yeah. And that's why I think there's a little bit of a struggle there. This one's technically unconfirmed, but I mean, it is, it's confirmed on social media by the team. It's just technically unconfirmed on cap friendly. Uh, Drake Batherson. Six years, four point nine seven five cap hit. Yeah, they're 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 playing long range game, hoping that they can sign this guy to a long term deal, and then three years, maybe even two years, this is going to be an absolute steal. I like Drake Batherson's game a lot. Yeah, um, I really like what I saw from him this year in Ottawa, but there the only concern I do have about him is sometimes when we're looking at some of these bad teams that are rebuilding like the senators are and look well they also look a lot better than yeah like is this guy a true top six option for them or is he a guy who's or is he a guy who is you know pretty good offensively is playing in the top six because the senators aren't very good produces and as the team grows develops a little bit more um he kind of goes down a little bit you know what i mean like that that's where this, this could this could go one of two ways this yeah, guy I'm, could be a legitimate top six option who keeps mm-hmm. getting better and it's absolutely worth that money or maybe it was a little bit of fool's gold i say dj smith plays him with thomas shabbat this year to see how that plays out drake batherson yeah why would, he, why would they play together are they both the same shot He's not a defenseman. Oh, he's fucking. I'm. I'm looking at. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Batherson with maybe like Tierney. Yeah. You know. And, I mean, they're both centers, so. Well, he also plays right wing. 
Okay, they, they could. I mean, because your number one center is going to be Tim Stutzla. And they're going to put those. He's going to put. I Stutzla thought it was going to be Norris. They could. You, that's the thing. Norris is good too. I mean, it could, you can go either way with that. Um, so okay, Chuck's so it's just, going to be on your first line. Imagine this. So Drake's got this, right? We've been debating over on the SDPN Discord, like, what's Brady going to get, right? Some We think he's going to get somewhere between six. I think he's getting somewhere between six and seven. That's what I think for Brady. But then if you pay him, you know, more than that, if you pay him like an eight times eight, are you still there? Yes. I, I got cap friendly up. Okay, yeah. just wanted to make sure. Uh, if you pay him eight times eight and Batherson's making what he's making, imagine what Jimmy's going to ask for <laughs> if he keeps the clip that he's been keeping. Right. So that's going to turn into a cap crunch for Melnick real quick. Melnick and Dorian. Yeah, because it's not even really just on Pierre Dorian it's on the fact that Eugene Melnick doesn't really want to shell is, out that money either is one of the cheapest owners in the league in sports really in sports <laughs> he is, yes he's brutal um he's so yeah brutal. that's 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 a tough situation for them this is they might have to deal with kind of what the Maple Leafs had to deal with with uh Nylander. they may have to deal with this kid that they really like a Brady Holding Kachuk out holding out solely because you can't really afford as an organization mm. that the Ottawa senators are to just shell out the kind of money that's tough that he's going to be asking for. Cause if he's, if he's asking for anything over $7 million, I don't feel comfortable doing that. If I were, if, if in a perfect world, you would mm -hmm. give him a bridge deal, you give him a two year deal and you pay him six and a half. Sure. Cause that's reasonable. For Brady and for Brady, okay, and he'd still be an RFA, and then you can give him his big boy deal after two years. That's how usually you go about it. Well, personally, I also don't think because Matthew and Calgary make seven on mm -hmm. the button, and this is nothing against the way Brady plays or anything like that. I just think Matthew's the better of the two of them. Yes, I agree with that. So I think six and a half is fine. Yeah. Um, and hell, even if he is making seven, like, you know, that's right. pretty okay too. Like they're you just I just don't want him making a cent over seven million dollars until I see a little bit more out of him. Right. Because we've seen what he can be, and I like what I see from him, but we haven't like seen that like exponential growth season by season that you want to see from a young player. I see him getting a little bit better, but he's very he's still just very good at what he does. Those two are both Marsh and two point Like I th I think Matthew is Matthew's a Marsh and two point and then Brady's think... just Brady is just. I'm I'm concerned a little bit with Brady because I see the I think he has the potential to be what his brother is. Yeah. But I also think at where he's at right now, I'm worried that there might be a little bit of stagnation in his development. And if he does stagnate in his development, what is he? He's just another James Van be... Riemsdyk, who's a very good player, but yes. that's not what you're hoping for with a fourth overall pick who's right. supposed to be your franchise guy. Yes. 
this is just to chirp, but who's uglier? <laughs> Brady. Brady. Yeah, I would say Brady. I don't know. I, th- I don't think Matthew's bad looking. He's got good hair. Yeah, the hair is great. The whole chirping with your mouth guard hanging out thing, talking like Popeye is dumb. I think it's hilarious. It's weird, It's but it's funny. Um, kind of gross. Uh, Joel Farabee. This is one that I was excited for. Because this is even keel $5 million a year for six. Mm-hmm. I really like this because I love what I've seen from Joel Farabee already. Mm-hmm. And I think he can keep it up, especially playing with a guy like Kevin Hayes. Right. Because I like Farabee a lot too. Those two developed a lot of good chemistry together over the last, what, two years? Mm-hmm. Over the two shortened seasons. So I, I mean, really... he was, he was, I would say like in a down year for the Flyers, you can make the argument he was probably their best forward last year. Probably. He's, um, he's their most consistent. And he's such a fun, like just watching him play and watching him smile. We need more guys out there that just like smile that big and have that much fun. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not paying him for a smile, though. No, I'm paying him to produce. And and, and this guy so does. Far, yeah, so far yeah. he has. Which is great. Um, Riley Shayan to the Kraken. 850k for the year. Oh, good for him, man. I still need to listen to his podcast. Um, a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, good on Riley. He's getting back into it. Um, our friend Jack Johnson. Oh, baby. Experience Prof- the magic. Professional tryout with the Avalanche. Oh, baby. He's probably he's probably just gonna be like a camp body for them, I'd imagine. But it's just the idea. I want to see him maybe, make it as a 70. Maybe. Please. Cause he's so much fun to watch. But it's it just goes against everything the Avalanche are about. They're, they're like Every single one of their defensemen is just amazing analytically. Adding Jack Johnson to that group would just be so freaking hilarious. They just dive bomb it. Yeah. But and you know, like we love Jack because, like, I mean, this is just us as Columbus fans, and he was a part of our team for such a long time. And he wasn't bad with us, or at least, at least he wasn't Pittsburgh. New York bad with us. Yeah. He wasn't like flying out of the penalty box and running into two of your own teammates bad. Yeah. He was at least like he was he was never really great with us defensively, but he at least like when he was with us, he at least could put the puck in the net. I mean, I like I know we lost the series, but you remember how good he was in 2014 in the playoffs against that was when we all started coming together on social too. Yeah. I, th- I think he had like seven points in those six games against the Penguins. It was crazy. That was the whole, that was the start of the fifth line, wasn't it? It was. That it was 2014? The, it was the start of the fifth line movement. Yeah. yeah. Um, all the best to JJ, especially with what he's been through over the past few years. Yeah. Like, and I really hope he makes it. Uh, quick notes on a couple 
scandals again. Well, not scandals, but iffy things. Um, the Sharks assistant coach, Rocky Thompson, stepped down for our, uh, reasons about a medical exemption preventing him from taking the COVID vaccine. Okay. So that's, at least I found that kind of interesting. It's interesting. I mean, if this guy had, you know, I mean, I doubt that he's lying. If he has like legitimate, like medical reasons as to why mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get the vaccine, then he, he shouldn't like, you don't want right. to put your life in danger. And right. if it's best for him just to step away for however long he needs, just to be safe about it, um, then, then do it. You know, I'm, I'm supportive of that. The league does have their 21, 22 protocols out. which we can probably talk about that more on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, But they do have their protocols out for this year. Um, There was a minor Blackhawks lawsuit that got dropped. That's a little bit different, but it's, I think it's creepier because it was over like facial recognition software. Oh, geez. I didn't even hear about this. What happened? I literally just heard about this the other day. Um, from Shannon, because I mean, where else? <laughs> right? Right. But yeah, there was something where like a patron or something was suing the team over like use of it's all like really murky. And again, they dropped the lawsuit. So this is like over and done with. But like they were using like weird facial recognition technology on people like i'm assuming for attendance reasons and like you know how like we all go through the metal detectors yeah i'm assuming reasons like that but then that also gets into the realm of like personal like your you know your privacy your own privacy yeah like I don't know if they were using that for private information purposes in order to sell season tickets more or anything like that. But that's just, I just thought it was kind of weird and I wanted to bring it up. Right. Uh, The guys where you are have a couple of signings. Yeah, I like both the signings. Both the signings are the exact same thing. Yeah, three years, 2.75 million average annual value. Um, Yoki Haru, um, there's a little bit of concern. He's a solid defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now he's a solid uh, third pair right hand shot defenseman with second pair potential. Yeah. Um, but we have seen him, you know, kind of stagnate a little bit in terms of his development, but still think that there's time for him to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the Casey Middlestad extension. The Casey deal is that perfect. guy. 19 points in 22 games after Ralph Kruger got fired. Wow. Okay. I didn't even realize yeah. he was that good. He he was really, really good under Don Granado, who just got the job. You know, they removed the, the interim the label. The interim tag is off. Exactly. So I, I think that there's, you know, obviously there's not a lot of brightness in Buffalo right now with the whole Jack Eichel situation. You already traded Sam that, Reinhardt. That you traded Rasmus Linen. You lost Linus Allmark. Like, there's a lot of things that people are kind of like upset about, but there's definite hope. You still have mm-hmm. Rasmus Dahlin. You just got Owen Power in the draft. And I think Casey Middlestat 
uh, a guy who tore up the, the world juniors mm-hmm. was, I think the seventh or eighth overall pick by the Sabres really started to show out last year under Don Granado, who's now your head coach. So there should at least be some hope. This guy looks really good. And also Dylan cousins looks very good for them. So both of those guys look like they could be breakout guys. Now that Granado is the bench boss. I a hundred percent agree with that. I I like that higher. I mean, I don't, I don't know necessarily know if Don Granado is going to be your legitimate head coach for the next 10 years. no, helping you in when you know your conference go to the playoffs several times but this is a guy who he's going to be a part of the building process which he's going to be a part of the building process and he's going to be a guy that goes in that's just maybe not there to win games but just help player development which is something that buffalo has really really struggled with because if they can get Casey Middlestead to where they wanted him to be, that's mm-hmm. a huge win for the Sabres. Because for the last two years, I've been sitting here thinking, my God, this I just don't see it with this kid anymore. Casey Middlestead looked like he was really going down. It did look like there was that – he looked like the next Sonny Milano to me. And think, then Granado comes in and complete turnaround. Do you think he gets um, the top-line job once Jack's gone? uh for first line center he could i think that there's there's very there's probably going to be a battle between him and dylan cousins because it's definitely like at this point it's a matter of when jack's traded yes it's not a matter of if it's it's when yeah he has played his last game for the sabers which is a shame because god yeah he could he could have done so much for him and yeah, they just never saw eye to eye. He, he can he can still he can still do a lot for them if they get a lot for him. <laughs> yeah, true. And they will get a lot for him, I would think. Because like I even got, I'd have to imagine. No, think about it. Even with the injury, yeah, you're still trading the second overall pick from 2015, which was the Who's biggest draft. A superstar. Yeah, like like we said, probably the biggest draft since '03. I mean, the Coyotes just got a first and a second for Christian Dvorak. I mean, right. like even with the injury, like they're still going to get a haul for this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I want to wrap on this uh, question for you. Sure. Well, I'm going to start with a statement. I want to play fantasy again this year. I want to get back okay. into it. Okay. Would you? Would you be interested in starting an ESPN league again? Who would it be with? We could ask some of our friends again. Like, I don't know if Kevin would want to again. Yeah. I don't know about Jason. Maybe. We could tweet it, like, on the podcast Twitter and see if anybody would want to. Right. One second. I have to be right back in a second. I have to let my roommate in because the door locked on him, and he's an idiot. Go for it. But yeah, I want to get back into fantasy hockey again because we haven't done that in years and years when we did it for like, we did an eight-team league. It's just a bunch of friends. We did that for like three years, maybe four. And that was, I thought it was a lot of fun, Uh, especially the drafting and that kind of thing. Like the draft was my favorite part and then getting the set, like, you and I made a couple fun trades. <laughs> yeah. And it's, God, it's been so long. I mean, I, I remember 
when I did it. Like, I think I drafted Danny Heatley first overall. And this is you when he did. wasn't even good. He wasn't even a good player. And I just did it as a joke. He wasn't. Well, be because funny. like Heatley was your thing back then. Yeah, he still is. He's, he's still my Snapchat. Yeah, I know. And I wish you could change your Snapchat. I don't. I'm like, going to keep it. No, I mean, forever. just like, I wish that was a function that you could do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you want to do it, I'm down and we can tweet for anybody else that's interested. You can, you know, DM one of us. I'll probably end up being league commissioner if we end up doing this. We got about we got about a month till the season starts. So for I sure. would probably like to have the draft on like October 1st or 2nd okay. or like sometime around that weekend. Yeah, that's fine. But DM me or Jay if you're interested in the league. Um, we'll probably just go with eight teams again. Probably. Just eight, cap it off at eight, because that's a good size. But yeah, um, fantasy and Olympics and the Summer of Lou. Is that what we're going to name us? Summer of Lou. This is absolutely going to be called the Summer of Lou. I love it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. See you Tuesday. Thank God we have a Jay Jake Jackets, a podcast for fifth liners and all puckheads around. All the guys on Twitter at Snake Garinger, G A R R I N G E R, and at By Jay Ashdown. And subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen. March on. March on.